Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Ding, 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 on the ding and a ding dong ding or a ring ding ding hello and welcome to two in the think tank the show where andy and alistair come up with five, five sketch, sketch ideas. ideas today i'll be playing the character of andy and i will be playing the character of alistair george william tremblay birchall that's right alistair what's i the, did it what's the biggest thing you've ever carried on the roof of your car would you say mm. <clears throat> let's see uh the owner of the vehicle? On the roof of the car? Yeah. You know, sealing a car and he... Oh, he leapt aboard. He leapt on board. You, were, you, were you performing some kind of a car jacking? Or was it just a regular car boosting? And it is a performance. Oh, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, idea. I don't think I've ever really put things on my car. <clears throat> no, see, this is what's different about you and me, Alistair. Mm-hmm. I regard the car as a beast of burden. Yeah. Right? To be loaded up and driven across great distances, you know, for me and my semi-nomadic family. And you may have noticed me. Mm. Uh, you may have noticed me. Mm-hmm. That's yes. the first point. But also, uh, I don't love being a, much of a burden on other people or even my car. But I do make one exception for you. <laughs> in which in You allow me to be a burden on your car? No, I allow you to be my burden. I mean, I allow you you to be my beast of burden. <laughs> um, I allow myself to be a burden on you. I mean, is there is there some sort of version of a nomadic lifestyle that mm-hmm. we can come up with yeah. where people stay in the same place? Yeah, right? but it's the world that moves around. Well, them. I was thinking something along those lines. Maybe they just move all of their possessions to different locations, you know? Sort of like a homeless person, mm. you know, like with a trolley. Uh, um. No, 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 not a homeless person. Well, I'm not coming up with the idea for homeless people. I'm saying if you you stay where you are, but you move your house around, all right? I don't know how you do that without you. Look, forget. I mean, it, the right? idea, the person, the idea that the person who came up with the idea of homeless people initially came up with it for good, but then it was used to hurt people. <laughs> Yeah, I see. Yeah, they, 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 they're misusing, you know. Initially, I was trying to find, to create a person who wasn't tethered down by, by possessions, by possessions and, and mm. society, and they could just mm. drift. Be truly free. Truly right. free, like a... But then they went and became drifters. <laughs> and, uh, this isn't with, what without, they had in holes. <laughs> Look... Maybe, you know, I suppose you could probably blame me in some way uh, that that uh, maybe it's looked better in theory when I said it with a smiling face rather than the way that you're doing it with a sad look on your face. With a frown. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and with a frown and also the burden of knowledge of reality. See, I didn't have that. 
No, okay, but what about this, mm-hmm. right? It's sort of the same thing, but it's it's set in the present day. Oh, wow. And it's a startup company that is trying to disrupt the idea of homelessness, right? So maybe they're mm-hmm. packaging homelessness as like a, you know, as a, as a as a thing for the modern digital age, right? You know, not a di- digital nomad, you're a digital homeless. And whether yeah. or not there's an app that allows you to go to various street corners and camp out or... Yeah, or, or it's like maybe it's like a... It's like a um, what's the... What's that one-person tent? Tent? A, sw- a, a, a swag. swag? Yeah. yeah, it's like a... It's a <clears throat> they're, they're mobilizing like a, like a sort of an armored swag. Yeah. That you can just sleep at any place on the road with. Yeah, great. Like that. Um, that's that's so heavy that cops like it actually gets anchored to the ground. Right. Cops, cops yeah. can't get you. Drilled they can't in. get in. They can't do nothing. They would just have to stand there until you get out. Yeah. There's but you toilet. can stay in there for days. Yeah. There's a <laughs> toilet. There's supplies and things like that. But then they find that it's actually just kind of like you know, hipsters and stuff like that that end up using it. And then we're taking up a lot of the good inner city street space. Yeah, so we're we're gentrifying, like, the space under bridges. Mm. And, look, this is probably a thing that is genuinely happening. Sure. And, but, hey, that doesn't mean we can't play it for comedy. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah I, I like this a lot, right? It's So what you the way you were suggesting it just then, it sounded like this armoured swag you know, the immovable armoured swag was something that had been made for for the homeless that was then being misused by by the I think that's know, I think that's quite a elite. possibility thing. They uh, quite quite a possibility that they were maybe they initially marketed it as something for the homeless. Mm. But then, you know, maybe like opportunity <laughs> shops, mm. you know. Uh, yeah, right. You know, the middle class sort of uh, artsy types. Mm. Found out, or you know, or maybe even the Silicon Valley types yeah. found that you could actually just stay really close to your office mm. and not have to commute. You get two and a half hours back from your life. Yeah, you know, yeah. you also don't have to pay rent. I think this is great, and like you know, they 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 noticed that like a lot of the prime real estate is actually <clears throat> occupied by the homeless. You know, they've got if you think about it, they've got a lot going for them. Yeah, you know, they've got it made, and it's yeah. It, it, it that should be monetized, or you know, there's potential there for this to be. Am I much louder than you? <clears throat> no, we're both exactly the same volume. Great, that's what I like about us. Yeah, it's oh, the egalitarian. We're like we two. We meet. We're like two homeless guys in an e swag, and we're gonna have to work on a better name. Swagger. <laughs> Swaggy. Swaggy. I mean, swagger's got a kind of a swagger it does, to doesn't it. it. Is it S A S W A G? Just R. Yeah, maybe or capital R's, maybe capital R. Oh, yeah. Or how about this one? Um, it's Swagger. This is a slightly different product. This is a letter, letter product on the. Yeah. It's called Swagger, but it's written with uh, three R's at the end. Yep. And they stand for reading, writing, and arithmetic, <laughs> right? And it's a it's a ho- it's like a homeless school. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but you can sort of do like, you could do like Adobe, Adobe, you know, like workshops and things like that. I mean, is, it, it, it does feel cruel, but the idea of teaching those kinds of like useless skills to the homeless is, is interesting to me. 
Well, I mean, those are genuinely not useless skills because they have value and therefore sure. they could turn that into... Sure. No, you're right. But I think that it, what I, the way I see it is like those skills are useful in a certain context, mm. in a context that is so far removed from life on the streets yeah. that like there's a huge disconnect between you know, what your situation is, your level of crisis or what you need to like help mm. you through the next couple of days yeah. and this sort of <laughs> administrative skill or whatever it is that is, sure. you know, not yeah. useful to you in the moment. And I think, like, a charity that is set up to teach, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know what, I, what it would be, but, like, team building or something to people mm. in war-torn Africa or, you know, whatever we make it. Yeah. A, th- a skill that is such a first world fabricated so- solution mm-hmm. and then to try and transplant that and try and well they couldn't possibly use team building in Africa certainly not war torn Africa I mean what, no, what, 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 what about the war torn situation makes you think that people need to come together <laughs> come on I mean, really, coming together is what created this problem. Yes. People coming together into militia. Mm. But then that might have been because they didn't do a team-building exercise. They did a militia-building exercise. Yeah. (laughs) Which involved just going from town to town, collecting people to join your militia. And then that's the flip side of it, I suppose, that we have a sketch which involves uh, people doing a team-building exercise for corporate elites, which involves them forming a militia. You know, like what about like like paintballing? Yeah, right? but they don't have guns. They've got machetes and bats. <laughs> Wait, but, paint machetes though. They're paint machetes. No, Basically, what, it's a long brush. But could there be? Could it be maybe like a a? It's a it's it's a militia building exercise for for like corporate people. Yes, and they teach them to work together and then go from skyscrapers to skyscraper and mm. just destroying their enemies and collecting their children and getting them to join their their war yeah and to fight other um yes how are they how are they teaching these kids to f- like how are they taking over internships they're offering them an internship child and, internships great and how are they how are they destroying the other companies <laughs> with machetes with machetes but well, what's the <laughs> What's the financial services equivalent of machete? Equivalent of machete. Um, uh, I don't know, like short selling or something like that? (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's getting a bit abstract. We're in that very much uh, bleeding edge where we're trying to perform the pivot here, Alistair, of the comedy idea. And we're looking for the parallels, and it's difficult. It's also difficult to do it without transgressing into the area of that uh, famous... Kerry Gilliam sketch that's at the start of uh, Meaning of Life. Well, that's why I'm trying to separate it from them having machetes and stuff, because in that, I guess, they just kind of actually... Attack people physically. Attack people physically, yeah. Yeah, you're right. And so, but it would have to still be something in which you need to go into the building for. Mm, mm. Well, I mean, then some kind of digital attack, right? Some sort of... um, what do, you, what do you call that form of hacking that's, like, behavioural or this face-to-face? Is it, like, social hacking or something? Mm. You, you, these people who sell themselves as... Is it social hackers? Behavioural hacker? 
I don't know, it's this idea that you can, you know, the best way to access the data of a company isn't by trying to go through their firewalls or whatever mm. to get into their servers. It's to show up at the front door and say, hi, I'm here to... Um, there's something with the guy in 54B told me I've got to come in and delete some of the um, maintenance files from the server log in room 12. Yeah, right. And then yeah. they just let you in and then you go in and you take it out on a USB. So that's nice. Yeah. That's really good. Um, I, th- I, th- I think I could do that. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I'd crumble under any sign of pressure. <laughs> Would there be any pressure in this? <laughs> um, but I think I could excuse myself by going to the bathroom and then just disappear. Um, but what about if they went in there and they just took people's jobs? So they went in and they, and they just basically mm. either convinced people... Or, or just through bullying, right? Yeah, through bullying, they took their jobs, and then they just kept collecting all these jobs. And probably due to job security, you would probably get, like, you know, first of all, you'd, you'd get them, you'd have to go into the um, part where they, you know, human resources and get them to transfer the money into your account. Yeah. So you got to change, make that account change. But then, due to a lot of job security, you could probably have these jobs for a while before you would get fired and not get mm. paid anymore. Mm-hmm. I think I think that like there's there's definitely something in that I like, but I now I'm I'm now picturing this as just a person who's just like a real alpha, like a a bit of a bully, mm. you know, whatever it is, and they get into a company, mm. and they're almost like a wasp that has found its way into a beehive, because the apparently the bees once they're in once the wasp is inside the hive, the bees don't even really register it. They don't know what to do and the bee just go the wasp just goes place to place, just destroying it, eating their young and stealing their honey and stuff. Do, do they kill the bees or they bees They kill just... the bees and you know but once it's in the hive the bees don't really see yeah, it as right. being a problem. And then I like this person who's found their way into the company mm. who then just you know goes around pushing people out of their seats, taking spots in meetings, you know, aggressively commandeering yeah maybe stealing all of their identities and taking their clothes yeah what if you just every time you took somebody's job you put on their layer of clothes yeah i think that's great and you just get so they get larger and larger as time goes by and they're almost wearing them like skins of people that they've conquered maybe like all the ties are either kind of some of them around his neck some of them around his head he's got some on his arms now i'm interested in the point of view of the other people in the company to Mm. this person how do you think they react well, I guess some of them, they could go cower in the tea room. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. And I like that there's no question of them really calling security necessarily. Mm. Like maybe because security is also just then bullied or something, or maybe it, it just yeah. doesn't come up because it's just a convenient part of the reality for us to achieve our sketch. I mean, most, you know, most companies don't have security. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. You know, and he's not hurting <laughs> anyway. He's just taking their jobs. Yeah. Um, technically, there's actually nothing that we can do with the, yeah. in accordance with the law. Yeah, we can't fire him because he's not technically an employee. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he, he has all he's, your he's jobs. Got a loophole. But, yeah. Um, look, I'm going to write down. I think this is really funny. Yeah, guy yeah. who comes in. Like, just, a, I think it's a great short film, Alistair. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many parts you see it being. I see it being at least four. What? Four short films. Four short films. Why wouldn't you just make one long film? Oh, Alistair, I don't know. I don't know. You're usually the one who uh, who answers those kinds of questions in some bizarre, barely justified way. 
of your own internal devising. Um, I, I, yeah, I see him as like a like a virus or like a cancer cell inside the company, who just can't be gotten rid of. <clears throat> yeah, no, I like that. <laughs> and then maybe eventually they they call someone in who just beats him to death with a bat. <laughs> Like the the like, sheer brutality yeah, of it. Like they get on the phone after calling the police, yeah. you know, and then they go, "Con, goes, yeah, mate." It's happening again. It's happening again. <laughs> it's exactly what I was going to say. Oh, right, I'm mate. on my way. I'm on my way. And he goes to like just in the corner, near, near next to the door. There's like one of those umbrella tubes, you know, like just yeah. like where people keep the umbrellas. But one of the things is an, a baseball bat, and he grabs it. <laughs> Gets into his car, drives down, comes in. Yeah, and that, that, that's, that's, that's what it's like when you get a pest control person in for like a wasp infestation yeah. in your house. They just come and they just kill them. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're worried, you know, like, you know, you'll, you'll see a, a couple of wasps and you'll try and shoo them outside or something like that. Yeah. But when you call an expert in, they're not doing any shooing. They don't just, shoe. They're not shooing. I shoe, though. You shoe? Yeah. You're a shooer. I, I told you I heard flies. It's very easy to herd flies, though. Herd. H-E-R-D. Yeah. Not hurt. No, herd. Herd. H-E-R-D. Yeah. Like, if you put your arms out... Yes. Like they think this. you're a big fly. <laughs> they think you're Jesus. They... they Look, there's a chance that they're responding to something. You know, their their primitive fly mind mm. thinks that they've they've encountered Christ, yeah, and that they just gotta they gotta get away from it, possibly because they're aligned with the devil. Now that huge statue above Rio de Janeiro, yeah. on that mountaintop, is that Jesus or is that just a man trying to get a fly out of his living room? Yeah, look, whatever whoever it is, yeah, and he doesn't have a lot of we flies on him. We know. <laughs> We have no way of knowing. No. Science doesn't know. Religion might. Si- science probably know. hasn't found out who the stands. Interesting. <laughs> you know? So- Through experimentation. Oh, got some gunk on my phone. Anyway. Oh, no. I'll just put it back in the gunk. That way I'm not spreading the gunk. It's, it's interesting to, like, <laughs> how would science go about establishing who did that sculpture or who that was a sculpture of? Like, what would be the scientific method for resolving a question of authorship or Mm. something like that? Well, I suppose they would probably look at... Like, I mean, I think it's actually kind of... But you'd need to do an experiment, wouldn't you? Maybe. I mean, (laughs) I guess, like, look, this is my real answer Okay, great. Which would be you you would look at the literature... Mm. And then you would find connections between the documents, the names in the documents, yes. <laughs> and possibly DNA evidence that you could find that is somehow linked to oh, the DNA. person. DNA? Oh, that got quite scientific. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, great. Um, like I mean, actually if, you're, link... if you're referring to documents, why do you even need to bring DNA into it? Why can't you just look at the documents well, and because, then look at some other documents? Well, because then you could prove that the name on the thing is linked to the person, or the person who's named in the, in the documents uh, is somehow linked through some kind of scientific Sure, thing. but people don't have their name written in their DNA, right? No, but you could find the person's DNA through stuff that they may, you know, maybe they dropped a hair into <laughs> a proposal or something or 
or maybe there's somebody from their bloodline that's still around. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. this is... The, I, I, it feels like a callback to something from a long time ago, but the idea of the people just totally overusing science in, like, some scientific police procedural where, mm. like, the science is involved at every possible step of the way, like... To, to like, remove any amount of insert, uncertainty. I guess, yeah. So, like, I'm not sure exactly what that would be, but, like, you know, when you go to somebody's house, mm. right, how do you know that this is their house? How do you know that that number on the front is the right number? Yeah. You know, on the door, right? right? Well, you've got to look at the number next to that one and the number next to that one, and then you infer based on the pattern. You find, you try to find old photos of yeah. this house, <laughs> multiple sources, maybe some that are not taken from just the people that are there, but Obviously. maybe from like Google Maps, but yeah. then also, you know, the things like that, but then you're also... Um, and then you do like a 3D rendering and you come up with a computer algorithm that based on the previous two numbers predicts what the next number is going to be. And then you compare that to reality. Mm -hmm. And Maybe you go to the council where they would have those kind of maps yeah. that say where, what numbers are where. Um, maybe you could ask previous postmen. I mean, that's not very scientific. But then you could, you could <clears throat> ask them while they're in MRIs. Mm. Postmen. Yeah, no, I think that's I think I think that's great asking them while they're in an MRI and you show them different numbers and you <laughs> see how their brain responds to see whether or not their perception of what is the number 73 is mm. the same as your perception of what is the number 73 and when they you know when they say something is that also what they're picturing in their head. What is this show? It's now feeling to me like it's almost like one of those um who do you think you are kind of genealogy kinds of shows where we literally, we never get past, like, we, we just keep breaking basic. it down and breaking it down and breaking it down. But I want to be sure, you know, and they keep saying, but I want to be sure. And that's yeah. why I'm doing this. And, yeah. then, and then, you know, and then maybe they do some experiments with mice and getting mice to deliver mail for a certain period of time. And see whether or not they respond to the triggers of different numbers and so so okay so it's like a who do you think you are but they don't get past the very first yeah. question or the yeah like I've come to visit such and such at this number in this street mm. to find out more but how do I know but I want to be sure and you know so and that's when they start doing experiments about actually just the the, the number on the door of the street and you know. Start torturing members of the family of the postman. Perhaps? Yeah, then but then also obviously they would also have to find, uh, do research to confirm that doing torture gets valid information. Right, out. sure. But if torture doesn't get valid information out, then maybe you can use it to prove the opposite. That's you right. Know? Yeah. So anything they say, you know, is not true. Is not true. <laughs> <laughs> and then they just get a guy with a baseball bat <laughs> comes in. All right, should I write this down? What, I think so. Yeah, what is this called? What would this be called? I think it's like the um, absurd detail research TV show, right? Or like, it's because it, they're trying, I guess they're trying to break it down ultimately to like first principles. Uh, at, at the end, mm. it feels like they would get to the point where like, you know, Bertrand Russell got to when he wrote a whole book just trying to prove that one plus one equals one, you know? 
Well, imagine if he had proven that one plus one equaled one. Mm. Mm. I think he did. Oh, sorry, one plus fuck. What did I say? I said one plus one equals one. I think I've just heard. I think your mic might be turned the wrong way. Oh, I think your mic. No, but because when you spoke on the other side just then, you. Okay, is that better? No, but I meant like the other side. I think. Like that? Yeah. Okay. Did you notice well, that? Well, I've been looking at the levels here and they look fine to me. So. Okay. Well, I was just letting you know that when you spoke that way, it, you come across the same level as me in my ears. Uh, that's good. Mm-hmm. That we should be at the same level, Alistair. Um. <laughs> <laughs> just how, how much we're having to control how upset you're getting about I'm not, this. I'm not upset at all. I'm genuinely not upset. Neither am I. Great, Alistair. It's really nice to have you here at this this level, (laughs) on my level. Um, uh, I think from what I heard from somebody, uh, he didn't actually end up proving that one plus one equaled two. Really? I think. Oh, there was a flaw in it. Was there a flaw in it in some way? I'm not sure that he... Because it's Bertrand Russell's theory of sets or something like that, right? But then it was hmm. incomplete. Possibly. Is that right? I'm not sure, Andy. This but you is, heard from somebody. I just heard from somebody that he may not have actually been able to logically completely prove that 1 plus 1 equaled 2. What about 1 plus 1 equals 1? Did you get anywhere with that? I'll have to ask the person. Yeah, right. I'll first, obviously, I have to remember who the person was. And then we'll have, have to, to prove that they are actually there. Yeah. You know, interrogate the concept of memory, which God knows we've done a few sketches about that on this show. Yeah. But then, obviously, usually... As far as I recall. Usually, I, I'll say, I'll say, all right, well, let's get the concept of memory up on the, on the, you know, on the thing. On the witness stand. And then you'll witness be like, stand. come on, mate, we need to simplify this so that, it, so that it's actually filmable or and doable. And then we have a really bad time trying to get to the bottom of what that would look like. What, which one, yours or mine? Both of them, probably. Well, let's I think it would be, definitely be, be complicated to get the... Uh, Concept of memory. What it would look like. I think I would represent it and, you know, t- tell, me, tell me what you think of this. I mean, first of all, I think this is already bold casting. Yeah? <laughs> oh, well, no, no, I didn't say I would represent it. I'm well, not saying the me personally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to play. I think I could pull off a memory. I could do memory. The and concept Benedict, of memory. Benedict Cumberbatch, I reckon he could do the concept of memory as well. Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I think he's getting overexposed. That's true. I think you'll be like, oh, well, who's that? Is that is that the guy who invented the computer? You know who'd be great to get for that, the role mm. of the concept of memory? Like that guy who was in Groundhog Day who's sort of like in everything, a bit part in everything. Because oh, yeah. he's one you're like, I remember him from somewhere. That'd be perfect. He I've would be good I've seen him in something. That. Yeah, look, I think that's good casting mm-hmm. in terms of if Ned, we're going to cast it. Havermeyer, Ned Beaverman, Ned... Stravinovsky? Yeah, that's it. No. <laughs> I think... I think, yeah, look, I think that guy has a podcast and I haven't... Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he, great. He's like a really great storyteller. <sighs> Heard him on Mark Maron. Talked about how he almost broke his neck or his neck kind of was broken, but it was like held in place. And then he that's, went skiing. That's how you and, want your broken neck to be. Well, he didn't realize until much later that it had been broken the whole time. Oh, shit. Had it sort of rehealed, reformed? No, I think just kind of just, it was just barely, loose. It was, it was literally just sitting there. Just barely <laughs> holding together. I guess the, Just balancing. Just the weight of his head just pushing down on the broken nub of spine. Spinal nub. 
Anyway, what was I saying? Oh, this is how I'd represent the concept of memory, right? Uh, is, is I'd have sort of a flickering sort of cloud of images, right? Yeah. You know, and, and, and sort of sounds. Mm. I don't know if you can have a cl- flickering cloud of sounds. That's kind of what I was thinking. Flickering sound cloud. I don't even think it needs to be in a humanoid shape. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I wonder but if... do you see cloud like stormy cloud? Do you see... I see a bit of storm cloud. Yeah, yeah, I see a bit of storm cloud. Great. But I also think it should be sepia-toned because we know that things in the past were mm. sepia-toned. Well, and the memory concerns things in the past, Alistair. That's true. But not sometimes not that far in the past. No, but I feel like... <laughs> okay, feel well, like that would be what... Sepia, really. That's how I would... Maybe you could show uh, an old person's long-term memory. Okay, you're right. But long-term what a, memory. You know, but what about the short-term memory? Yeah. Do you think that would be more like numbers and um I think it would just look like a more Facebook words feed and probably name, just names. scrolling. Maybe a few faces. Wouldn't be as many like long videos. Mm. I think all of my old my, my long term memory is just pretty much things that I've seen videos or photographs of. <laughs> you know? I don't actually recall anything. What's me. your what's your youngest memory? <sighs> um Is it a really sad one? No, look, I don't know. I, I mean, r- really the one that, the earliest memory that I have any clarity on, I think is from about grade two or three maybe, of being embarrassed in the library. Oh. Yeah. I think so. I remember getting sent in pre- preschool, right before kindergarten, right before year one, being sent to sit outside the principal's office because my fly was down and I was like, Hey! <laughs> And I was like showing people, look, my fly's down. Hey! So you weren't showing them your genitals? No. Because you still had underpants on. Yeah, still had underpants. How about this? Underpants with a zipper down the front. Yeah, right. So that's. I've never seen that. You haven't? I've never seen zipper on underpants. I think I've seen it on like maybe kind of like leather underpants that people would use in sort of in the sadomasochistic lifestyle. Yeah, right. Yeah, because because what I like about it mm. is the is the sort of the risk taking element it's, of having the the teeth of the zipper mm. right there next to your exposed genitals. Sure, I mean you never see underwear with a button fly. No. Yeah, or Velcro. <laughs> Just the the Velcro that closes in the <laughs> middle there, <laughs> like snow pants. I just I think I think. People probably would would recoil instinctively from having such a a ripping sound associated so closely with their genitals, you know, mm. which feels very often like the part of the body most at risk of being ripped in some way. Really? What about the eyelid? The eyelid and the ear, the ear lobe, I suppose. Oh, the ear. No, I think the, I think the lobe is safe. I reckon it's the area between the lobe and the head. What are you talking about? Lo- the lobe is safe. <laughs> The area between the... Oh, you mean the join? Yeah, the join. The, but the lobe join. Lobe join, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you wouldn't call a weld the piece of metal. I mean, it depends on the kind of weld. <laughs> <laughs> the nostril, I suppose. Oh, the nostril. There's a big risk. What if you're walking past, like, a, a drum kit and, you're, yes. and your nostril gets hooked on the hi-hat stem? <laughs> and then there's the lip. 
you know, the corner of the mouth. Oh, yeah. When that gets caught, I guess, yeah. also on the top of a hi-hat stem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, or, you know, you know, at a pinch, uh, you could be hook on maybe like on the cymbal stand. Mm. Maybe like that on that on that butterfly nut that's holding the top thing on. Butterfly maybe nut. You're having a good look at the at that Zildjian symbol. Yeah. It's such a distracting symbol, right? You're trying to read the Z and the D or whatever. You're yeah. like, Whoa, what is that font? J. I think there's a J in there. And you get caught up in it. Mm. All up. Do you think that, like, before we had interesting phones, mm. right, and people were always looking down at phones and getting distracted and walking and crap, bumping into people and walking out into traffic? Yeah. Do you think that there was ever, like, a a push to design less interesting footpaths so that people weren't, like, distracted looking at the fascinating ground mm. and then they would get, you know, walk out in traffic? Like, I remember crazy paving. Remember crazy paving? That's like those jaggedy bricks that were big, I think, in like the 80s. They kind of look like a little zigzag and they slot together and they used to make paving out of them. Well, I didn't know why they would call them crazy paving. They seem very structured to me. Oh, no, no, they're crazy. Yeah? They're crazy. Well, what about this? What about instead of making them either crazy or, or boring? Yes. What if you just sort of covered them in something like stuff that was really disgusting that people didn't want to look at. Oh, that's great. So it would make people keep their gaze up high. Yes. You know? So, like, something like, you know... What about some uncomfortable home truths? Uncomfortable home truths, absolutely. Um, I just think maybe, like, some real, like, medical... Really? Oh, I've been seeing... I've got that that flesh-eating ulcer. Yeah, for those who are not in Australia or in Victoria in Australia, we're currently in the epidemic. Of a flesh-eating ulcer. They're starting to say that maybe it's being transmitted through possums or mosquitoes. (laughs) Okay, that's quite a range. I I hadn't heard that. Well, that's what I said. I barely read uh, an article, but I think I read it was in the sort of... Those are both things that I'm exposed to. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com spoken today. In my my country abode, Alistair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. I assumed it was some sort of you know risky lifestyle choices people were making about I don't know skateboarding and sewer pipes I or think, something. I think you're making risky lifestyle choices if you're coming into contact with possums all the time. What are you What are you doing with your life where you're, you're just giving them a couple? Possums are not your friends. No, they're not. No, that is absolutely true. If they scratch you and then suddenly this flesh-eating virus is getting into your... Yeah, you're like, no, we're all fair enough. I think there's got to be something in this um, in this most terrible part of your body. Uh, and not terrible, T-E-R-R-I-B-L-E. I mean, terrible... Ter- oh, terrible. Yeah, most yeah. terrible, T-E-A-R... A-B-L-E. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, yeah no, I, I think there's something... But in also that. disgusting paving, I forgot. Disgusting paving, I think, is something like... You know, because because people are looking down at their phones, 
we if if we're, we're trying to get people to raise their gaze, mm-hmm. right? And the way we're going to do that is we're going to make the ground really unpleasant to look at. I realise people are mostly focused on their phones, but if there's something in the background, your eye is always drawn to it. I think. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to make the ground unpleasant. So, what are you thinking here? Like, so, um... I like. I think you know. I think photographs of people where you can clearly see up their nostrils and there's a bit of snot in there or something. You know, that's sure. Like, I guess that could be like around primary schools. Those would be some of the best yeah. things to have. Oh no, kids would like that though. Kids find that kind of gross stuff really fascinating. I think. But I think for me personally, I yeah. do not like to see that kind of thing. Do you? Do you not find that an issue at your? No, but I was saying it was a bit tame. You know. Oh, but you think that's tame? Oh yeah. Oh, Alistair. All right. I'd really gone in hard. I thought I'd gone with my... my oh. <laughs> you know, I was bringing my big no, mother that. of all bombs. I mean, I'm talking like, you know, sort of flesh holes with, with yeah. pus. That is, uh, that's exactly what I described, a nostril with snot in it. No. That's a flesh hole with pus. Sure, okay. You're just talking... You're just repeating it back to me, Alistair. <laughs> Come on, Andy. You know that pus and... And snot are two different things. Two and, totally different things. And, this, and I, I didn't mention it in my sentence, but the flesh holes that I meant, they're not normally there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Abnormal flesh holes. Yeah, so I'm why talking... Didn't you, why didn't you say? And, and look, sometimes they could be on the tops of lumps, but I realize that still sounds like a nose. Yeah. My <laughs> <laughs> right, nostrils on the top, that'd be unpleasant. There you go. Yeah. But you probably would really look at that. You know, you know what would really be unpleasant yes. about his nostrils on top of the nose because then when it rains, you'd get water in your nose, <laughs> collecting in your nose. That would suck. Although, but, but if you could somehow accumulate that water and drink it, maybe that oh. would be good. Do you think there's a way that we could get our nose to be more like an elephant's trunk? I think, you know, like thousands I think of years, of millions of there's years There's the of possibility, like essentially... The only thing stopping us from using our noses like a trunk is that there's no movable muscle in there. Yeah. There's, you, yeah, there's you, that one that you can you wiggle it like... But that feels more like a, a f- your face is moving and your, your nose is coming along for the ride, I reckon. Oh, there's like, it's mostly like it's cheek you've muscles. Got a lot, you've got a lot going on there, Alistair. You can really get some action with that bad boy. Yeah, thank you. Um, you've got one you, of the most prehensile noses I've ever seen. What's prehensile mean? <laughs> prehensile means it's got muscles in it and you can move it like an elephant. But that's before hensile. Yep. So hensile means that you can't move something. I don't know, Alistair. Post is there is there post hensile? Uh, uh, yep. Eh? Is that something that is? Do you have any fr- follow up questions? Is, it, is that does that mean that it's something that is absolutely used to be able to move, but now it's absolutely it's moved frozen. so much and now it's just floppy? Like like if you break it's your spine, do you become post hensile? Yeah, post hensile. Yep. Um, if you break your nose, post hensile plegic. Um. All right. So, what the fuck were we talking about? Um, disgusting oh, paving. Oh my god! I feel like the last thirty minutes has been some intense garbage. <laughs> Dis- disgusting paving. Andy, that's what we're dealing in here. Yeah, you're right. Intense garbage. There, write that down. No, okay. I mean, other things like, I mean, there's this stuff that goes viral online of like somebody who has opened, you know, the 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 inside of a, a can of Milo has there's that. That plastic, that, that little bit of metal, that, that foil, aluminium that foil, cut them open, um, cut themselves. Up. No, I'm just talking about people who have just opened it badly, 
have just like sort of torn it in half and oh. then just scooped out, not really, you know, because you've got to take it all out, you peel it all out around. It's quite yeah. satisfying to do it right, but if people don't do that kind of stuff right, mm. you know, that goes viral. So that just copy stuff that's gone viral. Stuff what, that's gone viral, so write that down. We're just like, stuff but, that's gone down. What, put that viral. in the disgusting paving. Yeah, it's because it's disturbing to people. They don't yeah. like to see it. But it's too interesting. You want something that has like a... So do you want stuff that's boring? Is that what you're... But well, you, you need want... stuff that's going to draw the eye, that's going to attract people away from their phones, right, and then disturb them enough that they don't want to continue looking at it. Sure, yeah. But yeah. I think maybe also it's, it's stuff that even seeing it slightly in your periphery... Yes. ...makes you go... Oh. I can't look any further. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh, my God. Well, I, I definitely get that from those old ads for quitting smoking where they'd be, like, cutting up a lung and squeezing pus out of it. They could have a lot of that stuff. Yeah. All the, all the, and maybe some of the injuries that people got from walking around on pavement by looking down at their phone. And that's good. There was a series of ads which I think were either road safety or motorbike safety mm. or something, which were, like, mangled fingers, just horribly smashed up hands, and they were on billboards. Why? Because it was to like make you think about safety, or I, I don't know. But it was for dry. Is like that happened to people in car accidents. I think or? so. Yeah, maybe it was. It was some of the worst stuff I've ever seen. I thought my hands were relatively safe. Like you know, especially when I'm driving a car. I don't think they would be at all. I think you crash. You've got your hands on the steering wheel. There, yeah. you go forwards. You're definitely breaking your thumbs, right? Oh, I don't know about that. No. How do you hold the steering wheel? I just yeah, but uh, but what about my flat hand? Just grip it between. But I got seatbelt on. I guess thumbs are going nowhere. They're mobile. They can they can feel a bit of. You don't drive with your arms locked in, like your elbows locked and stretched out ahead. Even then, I think that I'd probably break my elbows and not my thumbs. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I. Elbows locked in, two thumbs. Two thumbs um, outstretched. Yeah. Side by side on the steering wheel. Like that. And any yep. forward impact at all. Yeah. I could hit a curb Even just and breaking s- at the lights. Snap both my thumbs. Um, yeah, so it's whatever that is. Something oh, how about paving. that? On the, pavi- on the pavement, mm. it's just endless gifts of people grabbing another person's finger. And breaking it. I mean, that would absolutely do that for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I hadn't realized that it would be like a, a visual, like a screen, well, but I think be. that's really good. Mm. I think that's a great idea. The whole, all the, gra- all the ground is a screen. So, because now we're making it digital, we can make it so that it's actually, a, it's, they're actually solar panels. So that's how we can power this Great. whole thing. And pay for it. And then, but over the top of the solar panels, there's a, you know, just a Screen. little projection, mm-hmm. and uh, and allows us to put endless gifts of people breaking their fingers. Breaking fingers. Oh. Just, you know. Pulling out fingernails? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're just describing now torture. Yeah, we? yeah. There's just Images tor- of torture but on the finger-based ground. torture. All finger-based. Because I think that would, that would also make you want to put your phone away so that you could just, your mm. fingers could be safe. You're right. I'm glad we finally cracked that one. Yeah, no, we did. I think we definitely did. Um, with the finger torture and the te- terrible body parts. Now, how do you see that playing out? Of course, yeah. Because, you know, I mean, very, you know, very easy could simply be a ranking. It could just know, be a ranking thing. Terrible body parts. Uh, the Body Part Institute, <laughs> the Institute for <laughs> oh, Body the BPI. Parts. Yeah, the Body Part Institute. Um, I mean, it could be first of all. Um, it's a story about these people, the body parts. The party. Institute for the, Body Parts. The Institute for Body Parts. And it's a sort of a mini documentary about mm. them. 
leading up to their big annual report on the、mm. most terrible body parts.、Right. Yeah. And so you see them sort of testing. Oh no! You know they have to be testing body parts. Don't they? I reckon they just talk around and what they reckon. I reckon. I reckon it's all just like, oh that,、uh, like the conversation we had. That bit, but the ear that connects your ear to your head. That's gotta be. That's gotta put be. Put that、it. up there. <laughs> and I, I want to know about the budget for the Institute for Body Parts. Like how much do they get a year? You know, they're. Maybe they could be associated with a sort of a broader remit of,、mm-hmm. and this could be associated also with the thing with the disgusting pavement. You know the TAC, the Transport Accident Commission. Yeah, they're the ones who do、um, all the advertising for like fasten your seatbelt, take a, pa- a, safe, a power nap, wipe off five, right? Wipe off five. Wipe off five. They have got like some extra money, or they're expanding into like other. Types of accidents.、Mm. They're not just gonna. They're、sure. not. They're not just doing road accidents. They're doing everything because they're aiming for like they've already say they've wiped out all road accidents.、Yeah. There are now no car crashes,、mm-hmm. and now they're <laughs> they've got to zero. That was their objective all along. But now they've got this huge bureaucracy, and they've got all these people they need to keep in jobs. Yeah. Right. So then they take on something else. Sure. And, and when you have a when you have a well oiled machine like that, you don't just、oh, yeah. retire it. No. 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 No, you keep it greasy. You keep it turning over. Prime, yeah, absolutely. Keep it firing in its prime, baby. You don't let it sit, let it idle. No, what you do, I mean, the car you can't let it idle. That means it's it's staying. Still it's good. It's actually still working. Yeah. But you don't sit it, turn it off, and let it rust.、Mm. Switching the, off the engine—that's the real idling. That's、it? the real idling.、Um, it's funny for for a car to really be idle,、mm. idling, it needs to be switched off and not idling. So this is part of their program about,、uh, you know, terrible body parts and、uh, raising people's awareness of. Yeah, maybe just around drum kits. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, god, it's awful when you see somebody with a、um, one of those rings in their ear.、Mm. Those ear with this like stretched out. The ear, what, I don't know, hoop earring that's stretched out the yeah, the yeah. ear lobe. Everybody knows what you're talking about. And to think about that getting caught in something. Yeah, I think、it's、I have seen I've seen、horrible. one that's been bre- broken before.、Um, <sighs> yeah, they're.、Um, Why the body doesn't need more loops? Doesn't need more loops. The body doesn't need more loops. The body doesn't need more loops because the body doesn't need more loops. And you don't need any more loops when you're near. When you're near a drum kit. Extra loops on your body are just extra targets for hi hat stems to get caught in and tear open your body. The lobe is actually a perfectly non-terrible、uh, organ. However, when you add a loop, or if somehow you allow the hi hat stem to go deep enough into your thing, like impress deep enough, and then. Allow the the tearing to occur on the join with the earlobe and the head. Bad things can happen. Injuries can occur. Watch your ears when you're around drum kits. <laughs> I think this is a thing, Alistair. It's so specific now, and I really appreciate that. Right? Is it like? It could be a thing because this has happened once or twice, or maybe it's even becoming an epidemic.、Mm. Whether it was once and like. Part of the 
settlement that they got when they went to court with this thing was that the company had to take extra measures to make port people aware of the risks. Yeah. The the minutiae of it all is amusing to me. It's people it's people got hurt yeah. with a drum kit and then they say you need to inform people mm. about the risks and then they come back and they have this thing about like, you know, oh, careful, you know, puts a warning sign, careful you don't trip over on this mm. hi-hat foot because then you'll fall on a drum kit and bruise your back or whatever. Yeah. And then and then the judge is like, no, no, no. you got to warn people about all, all the, the risks. risks. <laughs> and, then, and then they have you to come could, up with any scenario yeah, yeah. in which people can injure themselves near a drum I, kit. I, I love it so much. You know, you, you could be putting a, uh, a snare drum on a high shelf and it could fall off and uh, catch in the bangle that's on your wrist, right, and mm -hmm. uh, cause some bruising. Look, that was a really bad example. <laughs> I liked it. It was my favourite one so Really? Far. Alistair, thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, my God. No. You're it's... a very supportive friend. Well, it's, I think it's the best thing you've said since I've been able to hear you properly on the mic. Well, that's, again, you're too kind to me. First you give me the opportunity to be properly heard on the mic. And now... And then I, I be quiet for a little bit just so that you can say the best things you've ever said. <laughs> Andy, I don't even realise that I am giving you shit, but I've, I wake up halfway through a sentence and I realise I'm deep in giving you shit and that's not what I want to be doing. It's just always quite a specific form of shit, though. Which I know. Is, which is what makes it so wonderful. Alistair, we have three words from a listener to come up with a sketch idea based on what that is, that the words are that they've said to us that yep. we then use to come up with an idea that we tell to them. That's right. To put it another way, they sure. provide us with three words okay. that we then use to come up with a sketch idea and to put that in another way still what I just said but a different voice. Excellent, excellent. Okay, well, this these three words come from the Better in Bed podcast. Oh, I thought the three words were Better in Bed. No, 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 no. Oh. They came from the Better in Bed podcast, which is a uh, which is the the way in which one of our listeners, Jai Smith, hides his name. Um, oh, Jai, Jai is a friend of the show. He's a friend of the show. It's a long time tweeter. Believe I believe he lives in Hong Kong. Hello, Jai. Hi, Jai. I, I mean, we assume you listen to the show. Otherwise, you'd tweet us references to the show. Yeah. And you've done it. I don't know how you've attained them. You're Maybe you read the transcripts. You could be an amazing clairvoyant. Imagine if the show had its own clairvoyant. Mm. You don't really hear about those since the ancient Greeks. Clairvoyant of the show. Um, he also does the podcast with his possible, possibly friend, possible lover. I haven't... Listen, I apologize, Jai. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen now. I didn't even know that this was a podcast, so I'm going to listen to it now. Uh, Better in bed. Possibly just, great. it's a, it could just be a compadre. They might not know I each other. Her name is Sarah Tang or Sarah right. Tang. Anyway, his three words are Hong Kong. Yes. One word. Cats and fries. You know, Hong Kong has just had a um, big old bridge. Big old bridge. 50 yeah. kilometres of bridge. That is so much bridge. Yeah. My God. Absolutely. And along that bridge, you'd yes. think that it's so long, you would need some kind of services, 
provided to people. Um, yes, Alice did. Maybe some stuff they could eat, maybe some stuff they could pat. Sure. I mean, very often we see services advertised by the side of the road and think of the ones that they offer to you. Mm. Fuel, water, food. But these are just a few of the basic human needs. Absolutely. Right? If you were driving past a sign that said, last hug for 2,000 kilometres, mm. right? Well, mm-hmm. Maybe that's a bit of an example. Is 2,000 too far? How big is Australia? I don't know. Uh, it's, it's longer than 2,000. Great. Okay. You're driving, yeah. the, uh, you're driving the Nullarbor, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know? Perfect choice of road. Thanks. And then you see a sign offering, you know, this is your last service. Last hug. You think of all the things that you could get. That's a possibility for a sketch. I also like, because, because Hong Kong has a separate um, legal system mm. to mainland China yeah. as a remnant of uh, colonisation. Do you have your idea right there? Can you hold on to it for one second? I can hold on to it. How about this? When you leave a town, yes. right, what, do you, what do you reckon is the circumference around the earth? Uh, in uh, kilometres. Let's, let's see, 2 pi r, so the radius of the earth is about 6,000 kilometres. 2 pi is 36,000 so let's say Columbus. you're leaving Hong Kong. There should be a sign that says, last Hong Kong, 36,000 kilometers. <laughs> it's just an idea. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, in, in that case, Alastair, every time I leave you, mm-hmm. right, that's the last Alastair Tremblay virtual for 36,000 kilometers. That's well. true. Yeah, if you keep going in one direction. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, all of these things assume that you keep going in one direction, right? Every every <laughs> single one of these sides doesn't allow for the fact that you could just turn around and come back. <laughs> last, just... last fuel for 500 k's. Unless you turn around and come back, in which case you're right there right now. It's a zero case. Or you could get halfway to a couple. That's still 500 k's in that case. But what if you only go a quarter of the way? Then it's half of that again. It's 250 k's until you see the fuel again. What if again. you go 95% of the way? Yes. Well, you, okay, well, then it's even further, isn't it? What if you go a quarter of the way, turn around, come back and haste, turn around again, go forward another ninth. Then you turn around and come back again, but you run out of fuel before you get there and you walk the rest of the way and you get a hitchhike all the way to your destination. What if you? What if just as you pass this sign, you your body gets un- uh, get lose c- c- control of it, but the foot of the, the foot of your weight, the weight of your foot on the pedal, and you leaning on the steering wheel makes yeah. it means you do donuts for the rest for the next six days. Well, it'll take you an infinite time. You'll never get there. You'll never get there at all because there's no hospital in the town. So when someone mm. when your car finally does stop moving, someone's going to helicopter you to Alice Springs. And then you're Helicopter. There. Helicopter. <laughs> you don't pronounce the the, the p- putter. I don't try. I don't pronounce the putter. I think it's. I think it's. Uh, Helicopter. Yeah, I think it's it's <laughs> it's. <laughs> I just think it's it's unjust to not give that p a full syllable because mm. we're kind of kidding ourselves, right? Helicopter. Yeah, you're right. It's ca, pa. Two. You showed me. Yeah. All right. So out of that mess, is there, was there an idea? My idea was going to be about a special, uh, special, you know, uh, administrative zone for um, for different animals. Yeah, that's good. That's what we're getting to. Remember, hold on to that. 
Yeah, but I'm, I'm feeling. Like I know, but my idea doesn't count for the podcast. It doesn't involve cats or Alistair, fries. Alistair, it doesn't matter. This is just to inspire us, and then we come up with things. So, what you think the last Hong Kong for thirty? 36- I think the last Hong Kong for thirty. 36- <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, I was just making sounds because I was just mucking around with my voice and Alistair raised his eyebrows and smiled at me, which made me realise that I was doing sounds that could be interpreted. I think this is what you were communicating to yeah. me as some kind of racist accent. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to believe that about myself, that that's what I was doing. Yeah. But it's, look, I also can't prove that that wasn't the case. I just need to ask everyone to believe yeah, no, I, I think wasn't it's fine. Doing that. Now, Andy, before we and move thank on, thank you, and I love that we're at the point where you can just raise your eyebrows at me, and I know, you know exactly, it, exactly what, it what, means. what it's like a warning signal. It's when a gazelle <laughs> raises its white tail to the other gazelles around the watering hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They know that one of the gazelles is about to say something that could be interpreted as, as being as racist. racist. Yeah, Andy, what was the thing about the the Categories of animals being kept in a thing? It wasn't anything. It was a special administrative zone for cat owners. They have yeah. their own legal, you know, area. Anyway, I don't think it's a thing. What I what do about think... a s- suburb where they only serve chips? You know, like you want to, like a suburb that needs its own kind of... Oh, yeah. <laughs> like it needs its own uh, kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's it's in a pretty touristy town, but this, this suburb is way off the tourist trail. Yeah. And so they just make it that every shop, they can still sell what they make, but they have to sell it in the shape of a chip, and it has to be deep fried. Um, I, I mean, mean, I mean, this, is, this could be a storyline for, um, for our Tidy Town story, uh, idea. Show. Could be, could be, Alistair. <laughs> deep fry everything. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like like how these days every, it seems like everything's built with like Wi-Fi or Bluetooth enabled. Yeah, right? so chips with Wi-Fi. In them. No, Alistair. No, what I'm saying. So you could eat the Wi-Fi. Is that what you're yes, saying? Yes, all right. You eat the Wi-Fi. Edible Wi-Fi. <laughs> Write it down. <laughs> Call it Wi-Fi. You know. <laughs> Edible Wi-Fi. And I can't write that down. Write down edible Wi-Fi. <laughs> you wanted this, Alistair. This is for you. No, my thing is Edible about... Wi-Fi. Wi-Fry. <laughs> I'm going to write, write it down. Okay. It's not a thing, is it? Well, is it linked to the suburb no. that everything is, has to be chips? No, that's not an idea either. Why isn't it an idea? Because it's insane and it yeah. doesn't lead anywhere. Well, I know, but there's... Conflict between him and the and the food own, the the food service people, who were like, you know, oh, how am I gonna make? How am I gonna make? Who's what? this him? Right? He's the he's the local mayor. <laughs> he's trying to bring tourism to it, and he thought that these people would be open to an artistic challenge. You know, they're they're artists. They work in the food industry, which is a you know, it's an artistic field. I mean, it's a trade, but it's also an artistic field. Oh, so this is just people in food industries? Because you said anything. I thought you were talking about any shop. Well, well, no. It can't. I mean, you couldn't sell shirts in the shape of shop. I mean, they could try, but I wouldn't be. They wouldn't be necessarily be under the rules because it would. A chip is an edible thing. 
I mean, they, couldn't, they wouldn't sell cars. The way I was imagining chips. it was very silly. It's very silly. And I only gave food examples. I said a gyro. Imagine that, listening. somebody trying to make a gyro. You were too busy getting angry with me. That's right. <laughs> I was having a great time. And it is fun. And I had fun. Oh, good. I could feel, hear you get wound up. <laughs> you started saying, why fry and yelling? And it was good. Oh, I just, you know, it's a bit of light and shade, isn't it? Um, Look, all right, in brackets, suburb. All right, Alistair. Like, what kind of touristy town do you think that, that this could be in? But it's a suburb off the tourist trail. I've, what about I've Melbourne? Been, I've been, been picturing Fremantle the entire time. Fremantle in Perth, in uh, just Perth. outside of Perth. Yeah, just outside of Perth. Great, because yeah. you know, it, it does pretty well, but it could do better. Well, I feel like it's overshadowed by Perth, you know? And they're quite close together, and I feel like maybe they're, it's almost like they're siblings, you know? But one of them is always overshadowed by the other one just because it happens to be the capital, mm-hmm. right? And... You know, Fremantle, it's like their mayor says, well, Perth, they've got their thing. They're the capital. What's going to be our thing? I've come up with an idea. All our food is in the shape of chips. Yeah, and, and everything, and they're all sold in a bucket. And they're all sold in a bucket. You know, or in, in the classic sizes, you know, like you get the paper, the paper, small. Yeah. You get the bucket, and then you get the big family box. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Shall I take us to the... Take us to the 50-kilometre bridge, Alistair. All right. Take us through what we've seen. We've come, we've come, 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 we've come up with them. Here we are. Today, sketch ideas. Disrupting the homeless market. This feels like this was so long ago we came up with this. Uh, we've been through the full, you know, breadth of human experience since yeah. then. This is swagger. And we used to be friends back then. I, rem- I remember. <laughs> <laughs> they were good times, Andy. Yeah, I wish we could get them back. But something's <laughs> been broken that can't be repaired. <laughs> Do you think if we spent the night together in a swag? Yes. On really close quarters? No funny business? We well, would, it would fix our relationship? I think wherever you and I go, there's always going to be funny business. All right, Andy. And that's the first one. Um, then we've got bully comes in and takes everybody's, every, everyone's jobs. I think that's funny. I think that's funny, right? I think I think we still got it. Yeah. Well, we used to still got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got the absurd detail research TV show. Yep. Yeah, I still got it. Yeah, I think. Look, yep. I, I mean, it could as well as just being a. You know, like one of those genealogy ones. It could be like a CSI type thing. It gets into everything. That's what I like about it. It starts out and it feels like it's. you think it's just going to be research. Mm. And then it gets into, you know, uh, science, experiments. Mm. right? And then it gets into maybe some kind of spiritual search for the self, like, and philosophical for the quest for the idea of truth or the idea of even knowing what anything is. It's really what and you come up against, isn't I it? I feel like it right, you know, towards the end. The presenter starts to perceive reality in such a way that they can see the many possibilities. They can see the many, mo- the multiple universes that are all overlaid to form our one reality. Wow! And, yeah, then that's when things really get interesting. I look forward to that episode. What do you reckon? Is that, that's like the fourth, fourth of four. Yeah, it's episode of four. four episodes. <laughs> uh, we got the the terrible body parts, but this is what this is really terrible. about. Terrible. Um, 
what this is really about is um, the people who worked on sort of car crash commercial, you know, car warning commercials. Getting transport into accident. Transport mission. accident sort of avoidance things. Trying to te teach you now about drum kits. About the dangers right. of drum kits. But mm -hmm. it's actually, it's a, okay, sorry, let me start again. I forgot what it was. It's a drum kit company that have been sued due to an injury that somebody had falling on a drum kit. Yes. Who were told by a judge that they had to put warnings yes. in the booklet or whatever that comes with a drum kit um, to warn people about the risks involved with the drum kit. And then they're like, no, wait, you got to do all the risks. And they have to list all the risks. Every possible one, including some that are just to do with, you know, emotional damage, <laughs> driving away people in your neighbourhood. Driving away. Driving away. <laughs> driving away. Driving away. I know. I just thought, pictured a guy called Ving. <laughs> Was he dry? That's correct. Yes. Um, we have the disgusting paving. Yep. Yeah, to get people looking up from their phones or from looking at the ground. Mm. And that's mostly gifts of people breaking other people's fingers graphically. <sighs> Whatever way we end up doing a sketch, I hope we can do it in such a way that you don't ever have to see anybody <laughs> breaking anybody's finger. Yeah. Well, I think there's a, there's a scene in, in Sergeant Payne or Major Payne. Is that... Max Payne, the computer game? No, no, no. One of the... One of the Wayans brothers, you know, the really successful one? Oh. No, Damon? Damon, he was a general, yeah. and he breaks somebody's finger in it. Anyway. Um, then we just got that last 36,000 kilometer sign. Uh, your, your last Hong Kong for 36,000 kilometers. <laughs> I mean, I, I think we could build a story around Jai, that. Jai, you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome, Jai. And then obviously we have the last idea, which is either Wi-Fi, which is that's an edible. That's, edible that's an edible Wi-Fi. Wi I mean, I, I just, I think, man, if I was at a tech conference and somebody got up on stage and said two words, edible Wi-Fi, and then just walked off, I would, I would invest. Yeah, angel. I'd be yeah. the angel investor. I'd be that's the right. devil First investor. First round. Yeah, absolutely. Series A. Because, I mean, if you, could, if you could eat IPO, fried I'm food there. wherever you are, yes. <laughs> no matter where you are, on your phone, you could just eat Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. Log on, chow down. And then there's also the suburb where everything is sold in the shape of a chip to oh, bring in man. tourism. Because they're off the tourism, they're off the tourism map. Yeah. And so they're trying to get people to come. To, we're done. In Australia, we make big things. People, but, but that's a done idea. You can't just keep making big things. No. Actually, we run out, run, out, run out of things to make big as well. Well, not just that. No, that's I mean, it. And that doesn't even seem close to being true. <laughs> right? There's no more things to make big. So you've got you to gotta come up with new ways to make things interesting. Mm -hmm. A whole suburb with everything is made out of yeah, chi yes. into chips. Mm. Imagine that. What would, what would chip strawberries look like? Mm-hmm. Strawberry chips, would they just be wet and just cut up, or would you freeze them or something like that? Snap freeze them, eh? Would you deep fry them? I guess you'd have to deep fry them, but could you deep fry them in ice? <laughs> ice oh, fry? No, but yeah, liquid liquid nitrogen. There you go. Cold fry. Cold fry. Deep cold. Wi-Fi. Deep freeze. Deep fry. Deep freeze. <laughs> Anyway, deep fries. 
That was my worst one. I'm sorry. Um, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We appreciate it. it. Absolutely insanity that you do. It is. It is. It is. It is. <laughs> Especially it is. when you hear what, like, an episode like this, where oh, we're just anyway. Man. Thank you very much. Look, we. It's good. It's good and, that you're here. And if you're crazy enough to listen, then you must be crazy enough to donate to our Patreon. And if you're crazy <laughs> enough to donate to our Patreon, then you're probably crazy enough to review the show on iTunes. Yeah. And if you're crazy to do all those three things, which I imagine, if you even listened beyond those two, those three <laughs> suggestions, you must be really crazy. And then you must be crazy enough to follow us on Twitter at... at- Two and Tank. At Two and Tank, and I'm at Alistair TB. I'm at Stupid Old Andy. And we're also on Facebook at the Two and a Think Tank. And we love you. you. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's, it's up to you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.